You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Forfeit the game before somebody else takes you out of the frame. Put your name to shame, cover up your face. You can't run the race, the pace is too fast, you just won't last. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Joining us to kick off our glorious draft week coverage is the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only at the jc cornell on twitter ceo and founder of the draft network jc cornell jc how you doing buddy i'm doing good i'm just excited for this draft to get here already oh yeah yeah i'm very much ready for it to be over so i stop seeing the arguing the bucks fan base is you know very divided when it comes to draft time and i mean i think it's always going to stay that way they're they're very divided always yeah always Yeah, you, you ain't lying about that. This year, a little bit. I mean, I know last year was pretty intense too, but I think this year it seems like it's on a higher level, just just slightly. Yeah. Hashtag in Bruce we trust. Just everyone, calm down. So JC, so we brought you on obviously to start to kick off our week of draft coverage. You obviously and, and all the great work you guys are doing over the draft network have some some big stuff coming up that we're going to talk about. What we really want to start with though is your one and only mock draft that you dropped uh, recently at your website. Uh, the draft network for anybody who has been living in a cave and doesn't know about it. And like a lot of other mock drafts, you have the Bucks selecting LSU linebacker Devin White, of course, the source of apparently of all this divide. We actually happen to have a voicemail from one of our regular listeners. And how do you feel about helping us answer that voicemail? Of course, let's do it. Hey, James and David, it's Chef Guy giving you a quick call. Yeah, uh, this is draft week and all that stuff. I was just curious on a few things. Uh, one, between Will Greer and uh, I believe his name is Tyree Jackson, for a late round flyer, who would you take? I'm more thinking uh, Will Greer. I just ask you because uh, we, I feel we should have a security net just in case Jameis does fall flat. I'm hoping for the best i believe in janice but you know it's always good to have a security blanket and i just have to say one quick thing about this whole Devin white saga you know it's it's become really appalling on so many of the skeptics just piling on him like he's a freaking bust before he's even touched the field i get it people don't think an inside linebacker is worth the number five overall pick but you know what you have to stop thinking about the position and think about the player Everybody that I've been ta- everybody that I've heard from, even Scott Reynolds has even talked to uh, the position coach that has coached not only Patrick Willis, but has coached Devin Wright, has said the similarities are definitely there. And you know what? With this defense, this defense has been sorely lacking a vocal leader for, I don't know, since Derek Brooks was there. Derek, Devin Wright would not only... Uh, help put some credibility to that defense but he's an outstanding player in order to keep uh, in order to run bulls defense and it sounds like his skill set is what uh bulls wants the most i said i put my two cents in there and uh thank the fleas draft week and go buck let's talk about Devin white first what do you think about this this divide and the kind of the two sides between yes draft Devin white or don't draft Devin white yeah i mean i think it's completely unfair to Devin white that People are calling him a bust already and that, you know, at number five, there's no way you should draft an off-ball linebacker. I mean, we haven't even seen this guy, like like the voicemail said, even step foot in the league yet. Uh, give this guy a chance. Yeah, he had some, like, processing issues in college, but, I mean, he put on the tape. The guy, is, he flies around the field, and 
more importantly, he's an absolute leader off the field. And that's something the Bucks have need in that locker room. And he will be in that locker room for the next 10 to however many years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's one of those things, and it's something that I keep repeating over and over. And at this point, I feel like I'm just talking to a wall. Would you have taken Derek Brooks in the top five? Would you have taken Luke Keekley in the top five? Like, the draft position doesn't matter if you're getting that high caliber of a player. If Devin White ends up being a perennial all-pro and gets fitted for a gold jacket after he retires, is anyone talking about him being a reach at number five? Absolutely. Absolutely not. Not only that, he has the skill set that it's going to help the front seven, and he has the coverage ability that is going to be able to help the back end and the secondary. So you're getting a multi-tool player. You're getting someone with sideline to sideline speed. You're getting someone with great instincts. Does he have some things that he needs to work on? Absolutely. But so does every other person that's about to be drafted this weekend. There isn't a single prospect that is going to come into the NFL, do exactly what they've done in college and take it up to the next level. Everyone has things to work on. Everyone has things to learn. That's part of the development process. He's an instant impact guy. He's an instant starter. He's an instant leader, an instant almost captain. He could be a captain as a rookie with the way he is. So, you know, Devin White, off-ball linebacker or not, is a top five talent in this draft. And the Bucks have a top five pick. Why would you not want to take a top five talent when you have a top five pick, James, James is on a is on a whole other level tonight. Man, you're <laughs> fired up. I just get so tired of it. It's like you know, talking to these people that are like they're the kind of people that keep banging their head against the wall because it feels good when when it stops. Like just yeah, that's all, all right. I can muster right now. So, so as far as quarterbacks are concerned, uh, I don't really like Will Greer. Uh, Tyree Jackson is my preference between the two. However, I don't really think the Buccaneers are going to draft a quarterback. I think if we add any more quarterbacks, it'll be quote unquote camp arms and as undrafted free agents. Uh, what do you think about that, JC? Yeah, I completely <clears throat> I agree with you there. I don't think they're going to draft a quarterback at all. They have uh, too many pieces they need to add with too, uh, too few of draft picks. So I don't see a quarterback being added unless it's an undrafted free agent. Outside of that, I love Will Greer just because David hates him. So anyway, JC, in your in your mock draft for the Bucks, you had Dexter Lawrence in the second round, defensive lineman, and, and obviously that's a an area of need that they can address with a you know a, a starting caliber player in the second round. So what is it about Lawrence that would fit what Todd Bowles and the Buccaneers are looking to do, and what does he bring to the table as an athlete in this draft? Well, he is sneaky athletic. I know we have heard that word for Vita Vea last year, but he is sneaky athletic for being like a 340-pound guy. Um, he can really move around. He's more than just a nose tackle, just like they said about Vita Vea last year. Um, I think you would plug him in at nose tackle and let Vita Vea play three technique if that uh, were the case. Um, when I made that selection in my mock draft, this is after I had a talk with my source and you know, the source did say, you know, first round, Devin White, that's what it looks like unless Quinn Williams is there. Second round, they're looking to find a replacement for Gerald McCoy. Um, Dexter Lawrence is very, very high on their board. Um, so it makes sense to me. Other guys I like personally that I haven't heard about are, is like Jerry Tillery. I feel like he would be a, a good fit 
but yeah, right now Dexter Lawrence is they're uh, they're interested in Dexter Lawrence in the second. Yeah, and in your mock, you you net the Bucks a linebacker, defensive lineman, then a guard all in the first two days. But it was your fourth round pick that really caught my attention, and and that's a guy who's gotten a little bit more attention lately uh, from from Bucks people, and that's Jalen Hurd. Obviously, an interesting prospect. A uh, very interesting collegiate career, but what what is it specifically about Jalen that you're hearing or that you feel that just kind of made you go that direction in the fourth? I'm just hearing that uh, he's an attractive piece that Bruce Arians would like in his offense, whether he's taking handoffs or he's playing big slot. Um, he's a weapon, and uh, you can never have enough weapons in an offense, and uh, especially in an Arians offense. JC, rounding out the rest of your draft, you had uh, Sheldrick Redwine. Is it Redwine? How do you pronounce his last name? Redwine. There's no there's no source on that pick. I was just trying to connect the dots on a, a safety that could play in the slot because that's definitely a need. We need to fill that uh that slot position and we also need some safety depth. So he made sense to me because he can do both very well. Yeah, that would be that would be a good fit. Yeah, and then of course you also had Darwin Thompson, the running back out of Utah State and Savion Smith, the corner out of Alabama. At this point in time, is this was this something that you're hearing? These are these are guys that that the Bucks like or, or like the Red Wine pick. Is it just kind of matching team needs with guys that can do what what Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich are looking to do? Uh, best you know, best player available, position to need kind of situation. Kind of take us through your thought process to round out the final day of the draft in your mock. So I'll I'll give you a little inside look at my mock draft. My first four picks were tipped to me um, from my source. And then the rest of the draft were just guys I thought could fill, you know, guys I liked that I thought could be the pick. So uh, Devin White, that's their favorite guy, unless Quentin Williams is there, like I said. Uh, round two, Dexter Lawrence. That's, they really like Dexter Lawrence. Round three, I was told best guard available. So I used the draft network, mock draft machine, found the best best guard available, I thought, and a guy that they have interviewed. And then I was told that they look for Jason Light possibly to trade back into the end of the third round or fourth round pick Jalen Hurts because you know how Jason Light loves to go get his guy no matter what at the end of day two. Yeah, he does love trading back into that third round, doesn't he? He's done it for, uh, well, definitely Kendall Beckwith, and that's really unfortunate uh, about Kendall Beckwith because we need him in this defense for sure. Yeah, losing Kendall Beckwith would be, and honestly, I feel like is going to be uh, a, a big loss for that defense. But So I'm actually in the process of finishing my final mock draft of the year. This one always takes me a little bit longer because it's the only one I allow myself to make trades in uh, because I know how crazy I can get making trades once I get started. Just a a little bit of a preview for our listeners and our readers over Bucks Nation. I've already got uh, two trades in the top 10 uh, as as we speak right now. So I'll get get that wrapped up for about the middle of the week. And I'm not going to lie, JC, I almost sent Devin White to Oakland just because even though I know this isn't real life, Part of me just just didn't want to have to hear the divide from Bucks fans anymore about whether or not the team should draft Devin White because we both we all know if Devin is still on the board when pick five comes around, Bucks Twitter is going to explode, and then if Devin White is the pick, which we all think he would be the pick, Bucks Twitter is just going to get even crazier. And it reminded me that you actually went on Twitter uh, just a few days ago and and sent out a tweet saying saying that you think there's a real chance the Raiders could take Devin White at number four. Now, is that a sourced comment, or is that just you having your your ear to the ground of the draft beat, as it were, uh, over there at the Draft Network? I mean, that's pure speculation, but that goes back to us talking about Devin White and all the reasons why he should be a top-five pick, and he's considered a top-five pick. I mean, John Gruden's got Mayock now there as, as the GM, and Mayock's a very smart guy, and 
you'd think Mayhawk would want to put players on that team to make them successful. So Devin White makes sense to me at four, um, especially, you know, if I, I, I don't know, like if uh, Kyler goes one, I feel like Kyler's a guy open my like, but if he goes one to Arizona, number two, Nick Bosa, number three, the Jets might want to trade out. You've heard Ed Oliver. You've heard Quinn Williams there. Um, maybe they get their edge in Josh Allen. I'm not a huge fan of Josh Allen personally. And then, I don't know, maybe the Raiders take Devin White. I think it's a huge possibility. Yeah, it's it's funny that you mentioned that you don't like uh, Josh Allen. I have I currently have the NFL Network mock draft live on. They had the Buccaneers taking Josh Allen at number five. I've, I've You know, I've, I haven't heard um, Josh Allen's name mentioned with the Buccaneers. Um, I think I saw Rick Stroud say Josh, Josh Allen was higher than Devin White on their board. I'm not sure if that's true or not. I still think they would pick Devin White over Josh Allen personally. Um, We'll see, though. Well, and and that leads me perfectly into my next question because we know about Devin White, obviously, and Josh Allen and Quinnen Williams and Ed Oliver. And we've heard all the way back to the combine, Jason Light talking about how there's five different players at number five that he would be happy to draft. So let's kind of, you know, work work with us here a little bit, JC, and and put on your Jason Light GM hat. Aside from Quinn and Williams and Devin White, who are those other players that you believe that Jason Light, Bruce Arians, Todd Bowles, Byron Leftwich would be comfortable drafting at number five if they don't have the opportunity to trade back? shoot obviously Nick Bosa I mean we've seen crazier things happen than Nick Bosa sliding in the draft what if he was there for the Bucks? because there's a lot going on about his uh political views uh, you never know what if he slid to the Bucks? would, would the Bucks take him I think they should yeah they, they definitely could uh, of course you'd be down with that you suck eye fan well I, I that's not gonna happen though um so yeah let's see Quinton Williams Nick Bosa Devin White Ed Oliver and Josh Allen or I don't know. You think you, maybe Rashawn, you think they, would, they they brought they brought Gary in on like three the most visits they've had with anyone, I think. I just, oh wow. I, don't know. I did not know that. How does that make you feel, David? I don't like Rashawn Gary. It has nothing to do with the school <laughs> that he went to. <laughs> I know, you know, that that would be like JC telling us that Will Greer had visited the team three times. I mean, I like Burns <laughs> over Josh Allen. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. But I, I just I just feel like I feel like if um they I would rather have them just trade down. I don't know. If Devin White's not there with the Raiders, do you select Josh Allen or do you trade down and, and try to get like Devin Bush and get some more pay? Well, let's 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 talk about that real quick. So so James and I actually because, you know, I'm sure Jason Light mentioned speaking to the media recently that he's got a line kind of drawn on his 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 big board where they're willing to trade back to if if necessary. Um, But that beyond that line, they're not they don't really want to move past a certain spot because he feels like the talent divide there is just too big. He doesn't want to move past there. He wants to get one of those guys in that kind of top tier talent shelf that he was talking about. And James and I talked about this. And my line is at number nine, which would be the Buffalo Bills. Not saying they would necessarily trade with the Bills, but that's about as far as they would be willing to go, stockpile some draft picks, but still feel like they can get probably what they consider a blue chipper that's on their board. James was only willing to go back to like six. Basically, he feels like if the Bucks move anywhere past the Giants, that they're not going to get one of the like blue chip guys. Where do you feel comfortable, JC, with the Bucks if they were to trade back? How far back would you feel comfortable with them trading back as far as talent versus compensation? I personally think the part that they go back is pick six with the Giants. 
Um, but you never know what happens on draft day. But that's what I think because, I mean, I think Devin White's their guy, and I think if the Giants want to move up to make sure they secure their quarterback, that moving back one pick and getting some compensation would be a great move. Yeah, I think the, the best thing that could possibly happen, I think, to the Buccaneers is like a team like the Bengals or something calls, and then Jason Light calls the Giants, calls Gettleman, and says, you know, hey, Dave, I got a, I got a team moving in front of you for a quarterback. You can move in front of yourself with me, give me a little bit of an increase in inflation rate and, and basically pull a John Lynch on, on the, on the New York giants. I think, I think that would be great if that, uh, if that scenario played out. Yeah. Cause what do you, do you remember offhand what the compensation was for the Niners sliding back one spot with the bears? I do not. I don't know if JC, I don't know if you, you remember that at all. I'm sure I'm trying to remember because I, I, I actually, I was like, Oh my God, they're trading up to take Trubisky. And I don't think like anyone knew that. I'm sure people knew that people were gonna get mad. Like I knew that too. But um, no, I don't. I don't remember what the conversation was. Was I think it was pretty decent though. Uh, okay, the the Bears gave the 49ers the number three overall pick, their third round pick, their fourth round pick, the following year's third round pick to move up to number two. <laughs> that just shows how valuable a quarterback is, you know, when, especially when it comes to just trading back to and or a guy trading a team trading up to get their guy. Like quarterbacks mean so much to these franchises that you can get all that compensation. That would be unbelievable if that happened. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, and, and like I said, something as simple as, you know, the, the Bengals call the, call the team up uh, when, when they go on the clock. And like I said, they call the Giants and tell them, hey, either since he's moving up to grab your guy, or you're going to give us what the Bears gave the Niners, and you can take your guy, and just just amazing. That would that would be that would definitely make uh, I think every Bucks fan could be happy with that scenario. Do you, do you really think Cincinnati is going to trade up for Daniel Jones though? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't. They would trade up for Dwayne Haskins. You think so? To, I think to five, maybe. If they're if they're worried that the Giants legitimately want Haskins, and and they have the, a a new head coach. You know, the Sean McVay coaching tree, listening to some murmurs around here, I don't believe he sold on Andy Dalton. And if he can get a guy like Haskins to sit behind Dalton for a year before he kicks him to the curb and elate all of these Bengals fans around here, most of which are also Ohio State fans, mm-hmm. uh, that would be a big move. And I think they have to jump in front of the Giants to secure it. I don't think that that this nonsense is true about about jones it, it has to be haskins yeah i think i mean I, I agree i think the daniel jones stuff is all smokescreen i don't know jc do you get a do you get a vibe off of it you never know with dave gettleman honestly but um i do agree i do agree dwayne haskins makes a ton of sense for cincinnati that would be uh not only huge for the, the team but huge for the marketing of the team yeah there's there's a there's quite a a contingency around here hoping for Dwayne Haskins to go to Cincinnati and yeah I mean Andy Dalton's not getting it done and their windows pretty much pretty much all but closed I do not envy uh Jason Light at all because this is going to be it's going to be a tough draft he can't miss on any of these and I say he I, I got into an argument with some people on Twitter about how involved the coaching staff really is and it's it's a to me, it's 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 a collective. It always has been. You're you're not going to have a GM drafting players and saying, "Here, go win with these guys. These are who I wanted." It's it's a collective of the GM and the coaches and the scouts saying, 
What do we need to succeed? What kind of guys are we looking for? It's it's not a singular person that pulls the trigger. It is a group of men in a room that are getting this ironed out. So, you know, I'd, I'd be real worried that that they would miss out on their guy like David and I did in the Locked On Mock. And we kind of, you know, had to run an emergency you know, meeting because all the guys that we had targeted were gone. That's the risk of trading down. But JC, who is who is somebody that really nobody is talking about right now that Buccaneers fans should jump up on a table screaming in excitement if his name is called this coming weekend, kind of like with uh, with Chris Godwin? Um, the guy for me, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but I love Miles Sanders. Um, I'm a, I'm a, a Miles Sanders truther. I just haven't heard anything about them taking a running back, but I don't know if I'd buy that. Like, the, the running back position for the Bucks has been so weak and I just don't know if I buy that they're really going to go forward with Barber and Rojo. Um, Miles Sanders or Daryl Henderson, I would keep my eye out for those two because both of them are absolute game changers. And I think Miles Sanders was a five-star coming out of high school. I think he was the best running back in the nation. And he had to sit behind Saquon. Um, but just watching his tape, I mean, it, he has some fumbling issues, but he can obviously correct that. But I just love watching him run the ball. Yeah, I'm a, I like both those guys that you mentioned. I think I like Sanders a little bit more in Henderson as well. And I know that uh, Chris Godwin spoke very, very well of him uh, when he was asked by Tampa Media there during OTAs about about Miles. So that would be that would be good. But yeah, I'm on board with you, JC. I'm not really sure. I know James, didn't you you sent us a message earlier or something saying the Buccaneers had had met with like eight running back prospects so far this this draft season. They have met with eight running backs, which is tied for the fourth most. Uh, the Bears and the Jets have both met with 16 running backs. The Chiefs have met with 10, the Eagles nine, and then the Texans, Steelers, and Bucks have all met with eight running backs. Um, so it's obviously a, a position of interest. Even with Bruce talking about how much he loves Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones, it still looks like running back is going to be something that the Buccaneers do address. How early they do so is is really a crapshoot. Yeah. So, JC, I only have one more question for you uh, tonight before we all get off of here and go watch the second episode of the final season of Game of Thrones. But since James has not yet watched the first episode, James, did you want to step away while I ask this question? Yeah, just let me know when I can put my headphones back on. I got you. All right, JC. Any bold predictions for tonight's episode of Game of Thrones? Tonight, um, I'm sure there's going to be something crazy that happens at the end, but I really think it's going to lead up to the third episode being the Battle of the, of Winterfell against uh, the Night King and, and the squad. But um, I could see, uh, I could see, I don't know, definitely some kind of death tonight. I don't know what they're going to do. When's Melisandre, the redhead, going to come back? Is she going to show up? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. I'm definitely I'm, I'm on board with seeing a death tonight. Uh, obviously, it would suck if it was one of my favorite characters. But um, Euron, uh, Greyjoy, like, I'm kind of ready oh, for that dude's time to be done. He definitely, yeah, his his time is up. He's expired for sure. He could he could definitely go, especially after, uh, what's her name? He just uh, got uh, released by Theon. Exactly. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm hoping, you know, nothing against the actor. I'm sure he's a good guy, but I'm kind of hoping this is the last time we see him uh, on the series. Who uh, Who's your I'm favorite to sit thinking, on the throne? Oh, man. I don't know if anyone's going to sit on the throne. Um, I, oh, I, I, I don't know. I've I've always been a Aegon Targaryen guy. Yeah. John, I like, I like Jon Snow. No, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, for some reason, I feel like 
Braun Stark could be like the Night King. Like, I don't know. Yeah. There's, they look a little similar. Is that a possibility you see? You know, I actually read a uh, like a fan theory type of thing about that. And it never dawned on me until I read that. But as soon as I did, same thing. I, I Googled real quick two pictures of the characters. And I was like, that definitely does. Like, that could be a thing. That could definitely be a thing. So it's that's cool that you brought that up. You never know. You never know with uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's going to be fun, though. All right, we'll bring James back in. All right, James, you there? I'm back. All right, we, we've we finished our Game of Thrones conversation that you're going to have to catch up on at some point. Uh, I'm going to try to get both episodes watched tonight, but I make no promises. Cersei's getting the throne anyway, so it doesn't matter. JC, before before we let you go, why don't you talk a little bit about what you guys have, in, have going on down in Nashville this weekend with the Draft Network? So we will be hosting a live streaming draft show at uh sdk steakhouse um they're opening a new location in nashville um we're gonna have the whole crew there including uh benjamin albright and some uh special guests that you're gonna have to tune in to find out have some uh, nfl players it's gonna be a lot of fun um definitely tune in uh we're trying to we're trying to compete with the big dogs. Yeah, I'm I'm a big Benjamin Albright fan. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him on there. And of course, you guys with with one heck of a sponsorship. Who who's the uh, live stream brought to us by? Under Armour Rush uh, yes. is our presenting sponsor, along with Coca Cola. Um, so make sure you consume a bunch of that orange vanilla. It's very tasty. I'm I'm a Pepsi guy, but for you guys, I will give that orange vanilla stuff a try. Yeah, I appreciate it's that. Pretty good. Is, yeah. is it good? Have you had it, David? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've had it. It's it's pretty good. I know. I see. Uh, I see Crabs pushing it pretty pretty well too. He's doing a good <laughs> job as a spokesman. He's he's a he's a very good spokesman. Yeah. Whether I can't wait till we land a whiskey deal. I mean, he might shoot. I don't know. What, I don't know. He might push that a little too hard. Oh, what's the uh, what's that? You had me try it and. Uh, in Indy, James, the Ryan Ryan Reynolds whiskey or whatever. Aviator gin. Was it gin? I thought it was whiskey. Yeah. Oh, it was gin. Yeah. He he came out with the gin line. Yeah. Yeah. Cause uh Hugh Hugh Jackman has coffee and then Ryan Reynolds has gin. I mean Deadpool and TDN, I think that's a that's a match made in heaven. I Ooh, think that needs yeah. to happen. I'm very open for that. <laughs> well, and if you have any uh, any extra TDN Under Armour gear laying around, you know, David and I can send you our addresses. Uh you know, free, free sponsorship. Yeah. I, I see a lot and of, and we, we just opened the store. You have an online store selling a limited edition t-shirt. So go grab that. Okay. All right. Right on. And of course, everybody can find that over at the draft network, please making sure you, you are checking out everything that they're doing. It is Christmas for the draft network. So we really appreciate uh, JC giving us some of his time. JC, anything else going on over at the website before the, uh, the live stream kicks off on Thursday? Uh, We'll just be pushing out all the info you'll need to have to uh, enjoy the draft and uh, know as much as you need to know about the draft. All right. Well, JC, we certainly appreciate you coming on tonight and kicking off our week of draft coverage here on locked on bucks. It's always great being with you guys. All right. And of course, you can check out everything that David and I are doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, at Bucks underscore Nation, and of course, at the JC Cornell. Send us your voicemails to 813-444-5841. Send us your draft questions, your draft reactions, all of it. You can, uh, you can send those in. And of course, David and I will get to those as fast as humanly possible. Everyone, have a safe, enjoyable, and happy Earth Day. 
And we thank you all so much for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks. Captain Planet, he's a hero. Gonna take pollution down to zero. Gonna help him put asunder. Bad guys who like to loot and plunder. You'll pay for this, Captain Planet. We're the Planeteers. You can be one too. Cause saving our planet is the thing to do. Looting and polluting is not the way.